It's in my repertoire. Every single bar is hard. Spitting fire like I'm the human version of Taurus Hall. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Trash Lanch. Attendance is 166%. Mike Boucher, Britt Pibus, Brent Halliburton, Liam Halliburton, Caden Hyatt. The whole gang is here. Uh, we're all on Twitter also if you want to go find us there. Uh, we have not gotten a five-star review update this week. Uh, you guys could be like all of our favorite Australians and leaving five-star reviews, but you're not. Uh, if you do, we will read it on the pod, and that is amazing. Dragon Shield continues to send us some sleeves. I think they're going to send us some more, so we will definitely be sleeving up Dragon Shields for NAIC, uh, and that's going to be pretty hype. Um, guys, amazing, amazing episode, particularly because we have Caden and Mike and Liam, all of whom are people who have played Pokemon since the last time they were on the pod. Uh, congratulations, Mike, on the deep run. That's good stuff. But I feel like we should start with Caden. You did a bunch of cups. Do you want to do you want to just bring up up to speed on how your your invite uh, work is going? I compete in two cups this weekend on Hartford weekend. Um, I went down to L.A. Uh, to to do a back to back cup Saturday Sunday. Um, Saturday, I Saturday I got top eight. I played Mew at both tournaments largely because. Um, I thought both tournaments were going to be best of one Swiss, and I think Mew is very solid in a best of one format. Um, and I kind of just so I kind of wanted to maximize for consistency, and um, I felt pretty confident in my ability to play Mew. And the the biggest struggle for Mew is if you run into any like quite good lost box players, and I didn't anticipate there being like maybe there would be one okay lost box player, but not nothing insane um, in LA. So I wasn't too worried about that. So that's kind of why I picked Mew. Um, so Saturday, I, it ended up being best of three Swiss, which I was not anticipating made for a much longer day than I thought. Um, best of three Swiss cups suck. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was six rounds, best of three into, into top eight. And, um, yeah, I played Mew, uh, as for my deck list, I, I'm personally a huge fan of Avery. Um, I think Avery is really, really strong in Mew I, and it ended up being Vital, I played against um, two Mew Mirrors, which Avery basically won me both of those games, uh, both those matches. And it's also very oppressive for against Guardi, uh, which I also hit one of. So Avery ended up being MVP. I also threw in a Fan of Waves. I had the Fan of Waves. Didn't hit any Lugia, so uh, didn't use that card a single time throughout Saturday. Uh, I went... So I, I for my tournament run... Um, I started out, I lost my first round um, against a Maridon, largely because uh, I lost the flip. And then on the Roxanne turn, the Maridon hit the absolute nuts as the matchup goes, um, which gave him game one. And then um, game three, it's Maridon is actually pre a pretty hard matchup if uh, they don't break a turn and go first. So that's what, that's kind of what happened game three. Um, and then I won my next four games or my next four matches. Um, I played against two Mew Mirrors, like I said. Then I played against a Lost Zone Box Ninja, which the matchup is quite close, especially if the player isn't too good at Lost Box. They can oftentimes just lose to themselves and mismanaging resources, which is largely what happened in that matchup. Um, then I hit my brother who gave me the game. Um, in order for me to be able to uh, ID my last round and make it into top eight. Um, in top eight, I hit Lost Unbox Zard, which was is an interesting matchup. Um, I, I ended up losing game one largely. I was one turn behind because I lost the flip. Um, and and so he was able to get one turn ahead. And this the Lost Unbox pl play, Zard player, um, I don't know if, you all you all probably know him Aaron Friedman um he he's a good he's a good he's a good player he's not going to massively screw up lost zone box and throw the game um so he was able to sort of push his lead and and kind of dominate so i lost i lost both games in top 8 but i got a top 8 finish 25 points or whatever um which i'll take sunday came back for another league cup also playing Mew once again. This time I ran a Squovit just for the heck of it. I had heard some people talking about it and felt like I wanted to give it a try. Um, Squovit ended up being okay. 
not fantastic. I would probably run a third four seal stone over the Squovit, but uh, it wasn't horrible at all. And this this tournament was a little a little more unfor unfortunate. Um, round two, after winning my first round, I hit a Darkrai and prized three Mu V, um, which basically gave me no chance of winning that that <laughs> round. This one was also best of one. So so I kind of just auto lost in round two, um, which set me on the back foot so that when uh, later on in the tournament, I, you know, played a game against Lost Zone Box Ninja and had a sort of slow start. They hit what they need to hit. I got my second loss and finished 4-2, um, so not able to make cut. And yeah, that was sort of my weekend. All in all, um, Mew is very strong. I wasn't running the Fusion Mew or anything. It was just DTE. And I'm uncertain about fusion mute to be quite honest but but i'm happy to, we can discuss that later but yeah so decent weekend i did in the sunday cup i randomly won the raffle they had like a, a raffle going on and you know they picked two random players at the tournament to win the raffle i was one of the two and as the prize they had the choice between a lapras champion league cup mat from a while back and the Celebrations Ultra Premium Collection. And I was choosing second because that they just randomly flipped a coin for who chose first. And the other person picked the Lapras mat. So I got the Celebrations Ultra Premium Collection, which is apparently worth like four or $500, which is kind of mind-blowing. I did not realize that when I first when I first got it. It was only upon looking up the price later on a whim that I realized how much it was actually worth. So... Yeah, boy, yeah I would say guy. pretty good, pretty good weekend. That other guy, geez. Mm -hmm. I, it, is, it is funny that you're like, I'm going to go down to LA and I probably won't run into anybody playing Dark Box or a day of Dark Decks. That'll, that'll be fine. Like, I mean, I did not, I did not expect to hit a Dark Rye. It was very unfortunate. <laughs> and, and it, you know, what's funny. Uh, Israel Sosa was at that cup and it wasn't even him. It wasn't him who was running. It was, it was just someone random. I don't know. People being brought up in the ways of Sosa there. Yeah. Um, and, and you're not going to Milwaukee because you're graduating from high school. This is true. Graduation, um, this is, this is Milwaukee weekend. But I will be going to Fresno and NAIC, which are my two majors remaining. And, and, uh, and you are, I, I guess, like one half of the pod that I was able to successfully get in NAIC? <laughs> yes i was i'd managed to get in wave one luckily um but yeah what a mess yeah i'm sure we'll talk more about that <laughs> um all right uh uh mike why do we why do we do you next because i'm sure that you're that's what the people are waiting for talk to us about your heart for run man all right uh yeah i decided to play lugia uh i was kind of set on it but was open to changing before the event, but I was pretty happy to, to to just stick with Lugia. Nothing else jumped out at me. Uh, I changed two cards from Reagan's list. I played the Impact Energy over the third Urn of Vitality, which, you know, a lot of people have done that. I wasn't feeling strongly about that change, but overall, I'm pretty happy with that. And then I dropped one Nest Ball for Thornton. So I played Penny and Thornton in the deck, which is a little greedy, but um, felt like it might catch people off guard. Maybe if I discard one early, then they won't play around it. And then I can get them with the second one. Uh, in practice, Thornton was almost completely useless. Uh, Penny was pretty good overall, um, but Thornton was pretty bad. But I don't really know what I would want to play over it. Like Nest Ball is not great. You could play a great ball, I suppose. Um, but overall, Reagan's list is great. Reagan played the exact same list from Portland, <laughs> made a uh, Top four. I think Grant played that exact list as well to to finals. I don't think he changed anything either. So Reagan's list just really good. Um, so I started the tournament six one. Uh, the only loss that I had was to Arctina, where I misplayed. Um, he played Radiant Gardevoir, which just messes up the math a little bit but like I, I i misplayed in the game in one of the games at least and then the other game i just drew kind of poorly um nothing like super interesting in those first seven rounds um 
some of my opponents definitely made mistakes uh, against me in those rounds, which made my life easier. Uh, so 6-1, going into the last two rounds. Round eight, I get paired against Isaiah Williams with uh, the Kyogre Lost Box that Izzawal and Grant played. And we talked about playing, and then Isaiah's like, well, you know, if you're playing Lugia, I'll, I'll ID with you. <laughs> and uh, so I thought about it for a minute and I decided to ID, guarantee the day two and be able to play the last round. Um, I think both of our groups of friends both thought that that was a, a bad, a, a stupid idea. <laughs> uh, Liam and Jeremy were both uh, disappointed in me. And uh, likewise, Caleb and Azul were disappointed in Isaiah. Um, but whatever, it, it is what it is. Uh, is Isaiah in like a similar point situation to you? Because I feel like you did the right thing. I feel like if you're playing for worlds, like you did, oh, I would have no, done no. What? <laughs> you can tell just by how, like, it, I, I didn't know this. You can tell by how Isaiah approached the conversation. He was like, please, I don't want to hit Boogie up. Please ID with me. <laughs> I'm at your mercy right now. This is an auto loss. It's a horrible matchup. Please don't do this. It's you're not like, that bad for him. Man. Caleb went like 5-0. and oh Dude, he was like, season. if you're playing Lugia, I don't want to play against you. That's ID. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Isaiah went one. He told me he was 1-1 against in the tournament. Caleb was 4-0 and oh at that point. Like, it's it's not a terrible matchup for them. It's definitely Did you watch the finals? Yeah, right, 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 exactly. Lugia can break but but and Brit's also right, like um like guaranteeing like 50 or 60 points. Well, uh, I'll get into that in a little bit too, but that is part of what uh influenced my decision as well. It's making sure that I got at least 50 points from the event. Like 90% of players will ID with you round nine. Like yeah, 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 exactly. But like my round nine appointment is someone that's going to be much worse than Isaiah Williams. And so like, I would rather take the idea against Isaiah and then play my round nine opponent. Right. It's like, it's a freebie into the, into round nine too. Whatever happens, you're, you're still kind of ahead of the field. Whereas if you, if you play it and lose and have to take the idea the next round or something, then it's just like, well, then you should probably play it out or something. Cause you're, you're in a situation where points are slipping away you know you only have one or two losses going into day two at 19 points where you're just completely out of points it just it's totally different like and just the way that id or the way that ties natural and unnatural just like just really always so depends on when they happen and what act, what they actually mean is just so variable for like you know tying round one versus tying round eight like contextually means very different things and so on but i don't think you did anything wrong because you weren't playing to win and so i feel like you're just like these two conversations are at, you know, talking over each other. Cause you're not, you sort of like you're opting out of the, like win the event conversation. So whether you play round nine or not, like doesn't matter as much in this scenario, we're playing for something else. So it just seems like the, the safe bet for sure. He woke up the next morning saying, I pray I can hit more lost balls. <laughs> Liam's like you did and you tied. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, and then round nine, I played against. But, the- so the one other thing I want to add to that conversation, yeah. my understanding is mm-hmm. at day two, Isaiah goes oh one one drop. Yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> I salute that. <laughs> in in the grand tradition of Liam complaining that you like got to try and win tournaments, the second Isaiah was like, "I'm not winning this tournament," he's like, "Ah, oh, that's great. I can take the day yeah. off." <laughs> I, I, really feel, I really feel that one because like you know even the people like after you lose your like first two rounds first three rounds day two they're still gonna be really good because they like their base record six two one right um right they made day you know, two. They, yeah, they're, they're every round is hard players, every right? round is hard and like you know when you when you lose your first two rounds and you're like well maybe if i win every single game against day two players i can hit top 64 like right exactly. like, but, like why would you do that to yourself you're like yeah, yeah. So prop, props to Isaiah for making the bold decision <laughs> to like get an entire day back early. Yeah. Strong yeah. move. So then I'm 6-1-1. I play around nine. I play against Mirror and like we play three games in like 15 minutes uh, and, and I lose. Like it's just I break, he breaks, I break. Like that was it. Uh, so I end up 6-2-1 going into day two. Um, day two, I ended up going 3-2-1 and ended up in top 64. Uh, I want to give a couple highlights. Uh, first round I played against, uh, I don't have their name right now, but awesome person. Um, he was playing Lost Box. We split the first two games, and then game three, we had like five minutes left, and we we're both playing really fast. 
we get to the end of the plus three and we had we had said at the beginning of game three or i said to them like do you want to make an agreement and they're like can we just analyze the board state and we were kind of like having really good conversation the whole time throughout the game and i think we like just trusted each other and it worked out really well like we we had the plus three we both laid out at our hands we talked through like what was probably going to happen over the next couple turns um and that's a matchup lugia versus lost box where i think it's a little bit easier to do that because um like disruption can hurt them but like if you're able I, like it was pretty obvious that I was going to probably win even without disrupting their hand. And so it was like pretty easy just to like map out the prizes. Um, and at the end of the conversation, they they were just like, yep, you got it. Take the win. Um, so uh, big props to them for for doing that. Um, so that was cool. Uh, round. Oh, and shout out to there was a judge like standing there the whole time and they let us talk it out. So that was uh, also really cool, too. Um, round two, I played against Christian Ortiz, a uh, long time person or person that I've known for a really, really long time. We played for the first time almost 20 years ago. Uh, he was playing the Gardevoir water deck, like Kyogre, Articuno, Palkia. Um, so that was cool. And, and I beat him, um, but we had, we had some good games. And then I lost the next two rounds, uh, a little bit unlucky. A little like maybe one mistake. Uh, I, I lost to a Gudra where I prized the Urshifu and one game, and then I prized like a bunch of single strike energy the other game, but I made a mistake one of those games. And then I lost to a Fusion Mew where like all three games I drew really, really, really bad. I think Liam watched that game. My opponent was also not, uh, I, I don't want to say he wasn't the greatest, but he definitely made like a handful of mistakes. And so that game was a little bit frustrating to lose because I was drawing so terribly. Uh, and then I won round five uh, against the mirror where I just drew better. And then the last round I played against Arctina. So uh, going into that round, if we tie, we're both guaranteed top 64. If there's a winner, the winner makes top 32 and the loser makes top 128. <laughs> I, you know, I saw that and, and my immediate reaction was I didn't get the chance to talk to Mike, but I wonder if he ID'd that. Right. So we did not ID. Um I won the first game, uh, then I lost the second game, and we played the third game, and it ended up naturally tying, um, which I was okay with. I was almost certainly going to lose the game three, like almost certainly, but I felt a little, so I felt a little bad, but I also felt okay because both game two and game three, I had a Mezagoza flip that decided, pretty much decided the game. So like if I hit heads, I win the game. It, it was like, if I hit heads, I get two Archeops. If I get tails, I get one Archeops. And that's like a pretty big deal in that matchup in particular. Uh, so I felt like if it if it had a habit, if that situation had happened only one of the games, I would have felt worse. But the fact that it happened both games in a row and I lost it both times made me kind of okay taking the tie. Um, so ended up top 64, 50 points. And... If I got into NAIC slash if I do get into NAIC, this puts me in a good spot to just get uh, the invite off NAIC, um, which is kind of was my plan like, you know, a month ago was to try and get 50 points here, go win one cup and then uh, get like top 256 or maybe even 512 uh, at NAIC. Um, so fingers crossed that something happens and I'm able to play in that tournament. Uh, yeah. So that was my Hartford run. Are there still tickets available for Milwaukee? Yeah, but like, it's, that's like so much less reasonable, right? <laughs> like you need, I need basically a hundred points. Right. Or, right. Or 80 points. 80 points is what I need. 256 is 80 points. 80 points at a regional is top 16. Like, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I sees, man. It's just cheese and points. Yeah. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, would you, I assume you were super happy with your deck choice? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it got top, it got second and top four. I think Lugia was a pretty good choice for the event. I didn't, haven't seen the meta breakdown. I don't know if that was ever published anywhere. Um, so. But I assume Lugia was probably the second most played deck. Um, but it didn't seem like as big 
as I thought, if that makes sense. Um, like it was definitely popular, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was happy with the choice. Um, there's not too much like innovation you can do with Lugia, but um, one of the nice things about playing it is that I only went to time like a couple rounds. And so it's a, not a super exhausting deck to play. And like coming out of, this is the first regional that I've played this year where that I made day two at where I wasn't completely drained <laughs> by the end of the event. And that is a uh, part of it probably also has to do with being able to drive there, but I drove to Baltimore and I played Radiant Zard there. And that deck is much more uh, mentally draining. So that was that aspect of it was quite nice. Uh, um, when you talk about playing the mirror, is there any nuance to playing the mirror? Um, I mean, most of the games were not really interactive. The I had one game in the mirror when um, I was behind, but I used Alugia to boss KO a Luminion and then boss KO a second Luminion, and he wasn't able to like one shot. The Lugia. So even though I was behind, I was able to catch back up and then finish the game with the uh, Tyranitar. Um, that was kind of like the only interesting game that I played in the mirror. Basically, every other mirror was just decided by one person breaking. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 obviously, when you say it's like much easier to play than than Last Box Art from a like time perspective, you're just like I'm bringing these big Pokemon. I'm smashing your big Pokemon. Yeah. With- who gets smashed first like i think like if both players set up there could like the urshifu like is interesting in the mirror it never came up in any of the games that i played but i could see it you know having an interesting dynamic in the game because it's something that is impossible to one shot and it can one shot anything but if you one shot something then you're forced into having the urn of vitality to be able to attack again the next turn. So it's a little bit of a high risk, high reward play. Liam, you want to talk about your run? Uh, sure. Um, I played Guardi. Uh, it was pretty similar to Tord's List, maybe just a few cards off. Uh, I can't remember the exact changes. I cut the penny for a Serena, and uh, I, I have four research. I played the Serena. And I play four fog crystal along with 12 energy. Um, super duper consistent list. I, I really enjoyed playing it. I the 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 deck was amazing. It like you, you just fly through your deck so fast. Um I, I haven't played with an engine like quite like it before. Um so yeah, the 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 deck was super strong. Um uh, round by round, I guess. My first two rounds I hit Mew. The first was DTE Mew, the second was a fusion Mew. Uh the DTE Mew matchup went kind of how you expected. Like I just like got energy um and like uh at the important moments uh I was able to hit the sky seal and like you know if you hit your attackers you can just out trade them um I I had the worker which helped in those matchups along with the two stadium um the fusion mew was a little bit harder um uh but they missed a like a boss stall for a game because I'd committed 11 energy to uh to my board um to Cresselia KO uh Meloetta on the bench which almost certainly was incorrect um but yeah and then they missed a boss stall for the Curlia I would have decked out first um so I was able to win but I was telling Jeremy after the match I was like man that that fusion me match was hard because they they have the one prizer so they throw off the sky seal um or like the like win in two turns plan um and it was like oh don't worry you you won't see it anymore (laughs) <laughs> um, I lost to it when I was riding the bubble spoilers, I guess. And yeah, it won uh, both events. Um, so yeah, fusion meal, uh, pretty good actually. Uh, round three, I hit Lugia and the first two games went like, yeah, I mean, Guardia, I think it, it has good matchups. It's not really affected much by going first or second. Like, when you say like games go like how you'd expect it's it's a combo oriented deck right like you just have to hit like a certain combo by um some prize usually four prizes maybe three prizes with some matchups um or by the time your opponent reaches those 
uh, which is like nine energy and discardization, sky seal, maybe boss sometimes or something. Um, and then you're able to just like clean up the game from there. Like all your attackers are, you, you literally just need the Pokemon and then you just grab your discard and like throw it on the board. Um, so like I was able to hit the combo some games um, and then I wasn't others. We went one, one and then game two, I opened really, really strong, except I, I started the Zacian and or game game three. This, uh, this was game three. And I was playing really fast because um, it, it was game three. I was playing Guardi. Uh, I was playing like 15 search cards every turn. Um, and so, so I was playing really quickly and I didn't check my prizes, but I ended up prizing both the Zacian and the Miriam. So I had like winning chances if I was able to go Zacian Sky Seal at the end because we, we got to time. I had five prizes and the Lugia had three. If I was able to go like Zacian Sky Seal that turn, I could finish with the Arcana Guardi. I think I there, there, there was some. I think I lost the Arcana Guardi early uh, to like a research or something. So I want to go Zacian Sky Seal, and then I like looked through my deck and I prized both the Miriam and the uh, the second Zacian. So I just didn't bench any of these and pass, 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 and we we tied that game. Um, the next two rounds, I hit RCS Dura Umbrian. So I was two one at that point. The first one I beat. Um, yeah, there, there was not like there was nothing too tricky. The matchup just went well, right? Like they they evolved the Umbrian at some point, and I was able to take four prizes um, in the games I won. And yeah, the the matchup went well. The the one I lost to though, that was round five. I I I made a lot of little mistakes in that game. The the RCS Dar Umbrian deck is like it's really I think it's more difficult to play against than it actually is strong because of all the options that it has. Um, and like all the different threats that you have to keep in your head. And I, I hadn't played the matchup before. Um, so so it's, it's really difficult to keep track of all the different threats, right? Like they have the Karens, they have the Alexam, they have the Hulucha, um, they have Mean Look, they have like all this different stuff that they can do. Um, and like they, they can also use it in like a real variety of ways. And I think the first game I was just like a little bit behind um, and ended up losing. The second game I lost as well. I, I was going to be able to win because I got to a situation where um, I was going to, uh, I had already taken a KO. So I had, I think three prizes because I sky sealed, but it wasn't really relevant. Um, and then, uh, and my opponent had two prizes and I was able to power up the Arcana Guardi and I was going to swing for two prizes and then collapse the way my Guardi EX. So my opponent couldn't take two, but I put 120 on the Arcana Guardi because I wanted, I wanted to like power it up just uh, so that if my opponent, like maybe I think Gus KO'd the Curly I had on the bench. I wouldn't need, uh, I, I didn't need the ability to power it up and take another knockout. Um, but I, th I think I had a route and I just needed to play for the, for the Candy Guardi because obviously when I put 120 on it, I left myself open to the Kazam Halucha. I thought about the Kazam Halucha, but I didn't realize, um, I, I thought it would only be able to move one to the active Guardi, but I wasn't considering the boss, then you're able to put the ten, uh, one set of uh, damage counters from the Halucha on the Guardi, 10 damage on the Guardi, 10 somewhere else, and then Alakazam to the Guardian, and then take two prizes. So I, yeah, I just made a mistake. Um, and I lost that game. Uh, so I was 3-1-1 at that point. And then I, um, I paired into Azul, who was playing Lost Box Kyogre, and I, I threw game one as well. Game two, he he just kind of had, um, he, he was going fast, and like, I, I missed turn two attack. But game one, I hit turn two attack, and I was able to like kind of stay ahead the whole game. He ended up dragoniting the Guardi EX and I was able to get to a turn at the end where again, I was going to be able to collapse the way the Guardi EX um, and lock him, out, uh, lock him out of the game. Cause he was trying, he was playing to be able to take three prizes next turn with Sableye to finish off the Guardi EX and take another uh, on my damaged Arcana Guardi. Um, but I was going to be able to collapse it away and lock him out of the game. But I ended up refinement using refinement on a VIP pass that turn instead of like an energy. So I wasn't able to pre-power up another attacker by the end of the turn. Um, and yeah, so I, I just like locked myself out of the game, uh, which was real unfortunate. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then at that point, I was 3-2-1. I hit a fusion Mew and I like, I just like kind of like missed pieces to the combo a little bit. I... There, there was a funny story that game where I opened really strong in one of the games. I had like four routes Greninja turn one and the last card in my hand was a research. And, and I was like, oh man, I'm chilling. And then I, I topped like the sky seal. So I, had to, I, I attached it to Greninja to like bluff the penny. 
for the sky seal, but yeah, the sky seal is gone. Um, and then I, I lost the turn a little bit later, um, uh, due to like missing an energy or something. And I wasn't able to get the, I, I lost a turn and I lost my mechanism for making it back up. I also got hit with like a sick, um, echoing horn play at the end. I like, I knew it was possible, but yeah, he, he was just sitting on everything and happened like two seconds. He, it was like lost vacuum away the collapse to create the bench space. I had to collapse the way the V. That's why I was there and I didn't just fill my bench. Um, so I collapsed away the V. He lost vacuums at Echoing Horn, DTE, Boss. Uh, it, it was just like all in his hand. It was like fusion meal. Um, so that, that was pretty sick to watch. I like, you know, I'd never seen any of, any of those pieces um, in the games prior. I'm just sitting on all of them. Um, so that was a sick play and that was basically the end of my tournament. I played out the the next few games, but uh, I mean, I was three, three, one at that point. So they weren't very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I think the, the thing that he, uh, uh, Liam doesn't say that like as somebody who was not at the tournament and was just like watching the standings uh, roll by in RK nine that, that he like omits his, I mean, the tie was Ray Cipolletti. Yeah. And I was like, Liam, I don't know if you know who that guy is, but like, he's pretty good. At Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's very good at Hearthstone. If you need Hearthstone advice. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, so that was his tie. And then he loses to Riley McKay, who's very good. And then he loses to Azul. And then the last guy was Mike Newey. Like, oh, that's a tournament. <laughs> that's like a, that's a super tough, like, four-round draw there. Yeah, all those players are incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, Mike, Mike Newey is the name that people probably have already forgotten at this point. He won regionals and, like, very good. Very awesome guy. Always, always a treat to play against him. If you ever have, very nice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a stacked tournament for sure. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was cool to see Ray. Ray tied his winning in uh, to Reagan, I think, or no, he lost. He lost to Reagan on the winning in. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. Ray is just so good at these games. I don't, I don't know just how he's just got such a natural knack for it. I feel like he's such a good story, just all his stuff. And like, I don't know if either of you know this, but he like met Ryan Kibler, like playing magic, like as a kid. And like, that's part of his story too. Yeah. Um, they lived right next to each other. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Ryan uh, just magic pro hearthstone streamer, card game streamer now, okay. but just magic hall of famer who, who, nice. who became a hearthstone streamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a that's a super tough draw, right? I was like, uh, all those are okay. Sucks. Like, you know, I recognize the, the distinction between uh, Liam's run in Arlington and this one was like, man, he just drew everybody day one. It's like, okay, that's fine. What was your record at the end, uh, Liam? It was five three one. Okay, I'm looking for you on. I want to like pull this up. He was 199. 199. Okay. Oh yeah, look at that. Jack Carter also like good player too. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I that's didn't a play movie right after Azul. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a super rough draw, right? <laughs> that's I, like when when he was playing Azul and he was like, uh, I was like, okay, that's not good. And then he draws Nui and I was like, but good tournament. <laughs> so how did you guys? I mean, I know for listeners of the pod. Liam drove up with Mike to the tournament and I did not go this time is stunning turn of events for me. Um, how did you guys end up on different decks, even though you guys were in the car together for several hours? Well, I just kept telling Liam that I was going to probably play Lugia. And then Liam <laughs> described all the different types of things that he would want to see in a deck. And I was like, well, you're kind of describing Lugia right now, Liam. And uh, then he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not playing that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> So Liam had no backup deck until what midnight? <laughs> the yeah, dude. I, I, the deck was surprisingly good. I it was like a pretty awful medic. Like I would have said it was an awful medical like a, a few hours before. Um, and I wasn't really thinking uh, at midnight when I was choosing my deck. Um, but yeah, the the deck was just like really really good. And like even if it's like a bad medical, the deck just being good, I think like just has a lot of value um playing good decks is like amazing (laughs) (laughs) what that that is a lot coming from liam there guys it turns out the like the top meta decks are super good and if you play one you will like beat people 
<laughs> I feel like I feel like this has happened a few times with Liam. That he's in the lab, he's in the labs for weeks with all these like various decks, and then he just like realizes that the top decks are have been good the whole time, and, and just like I feel like he's reached this conclusion like one time, <laughs> one other time before, and it's just like yeah, the Palkia Palkia is a good deck. You don't have to play a uh, red or not red to Drago, uh, whatever the card is, the fossil guy. <laughs> <laughs> Drinkable. It took yeah, me yeah, so long to, to convince Liam to play Palkia. Like weeks, weeks of, of grinding. It, it took us so long. But yeah, that 2 2 RCS Luxray deck, though. <laughs> that was the one. That, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and that's what led to him playing Lugie at Arlington, was he was like, I want a deck where when they miss a beat, I punish them. And then at, at last night, he gets home, and he, what he says to me is, he's like, it, it is so good to be able to like, like just push people so hard. And I was like, that's exactly the same thing you said right before Arlington when you played Lugia. You should play good decks. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how Milwaukee goes. But that's Liam. Liam, you should you should commit to playing a meta deck at Milwaukee. <laughs> I I I think I told Mike this. I I've, I've been saying though. I I think like the biggest takeaway for me is that like the decks you build have to be streamlined. Like they, yeah, they, I mean, Jerry was saying this a few months ago, they have to have a really strong core, but I, I think like, like streamlined is like the best word to describe it, right? Like Guardi's playing like 16, 16 ball cards and just like goes through its deck like super duper fast. And like that level of consistency, which I think was both present in Lugia at Arlington and in Palkia at Worlds and like, um, and in Guardi at this tournament, is something that I think um, I will I will chase more in the future, and it's like only enabled by not playing like this like really weird box of texts that don't have like synergy with each other, um, or but yeah, of avoiding playing that. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. what you want to do, um, and instead you just want to play like really strong core that takes a lot of good matchups, maybe one or two tech cards. Right. Tops. Right. When when you when you say I'm I'm gonna build a control box list and you have like a thing for everything, then you have to find that thing every time and like consistently executing the strategy is hard. Yeah, like a little bit. Um, because like there there are decks like that that wall deck that was playing like the Hoopa, the Gigas, the Whale Ward, or right. whatever from a, a while back that like I mean, I don't actually think that was ever very good, but like stuff like that like works because like you know, you're still committing a very large like majority of your deck to just like making the deck function right and like a singular strategy um and like all these extra walls like they're both they're good cards to draw on turn one um right. so uh yeah like i just not having like dead cards you know <laughs> that's all i'll say um you know the, the mike Boucher play the good cards not the bad cards yeah there you go there you go people that is that is the strat so I will say, I will say Saturday going into Sunday, Liam spent, uh, he stayed up quite late making some deck. I didn't even look at it. It was late. <laughs> it was laid out on the floor Sunday morning, but I, I refused to look at it, Liam. So I don't know if it's any good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it is, it's, um, I will say, I think like the, the brute force box, which is like kind of going against what I just said, um, isn't really bad right now because like everything is just like begging, begging to be like answered um, by like, you know, these cards that don't have a lot of synergy. Um, like Lugia, it's super vulnerable to 4Y right now. Guardi's vulnerable to Umbrian. Um, and uh, yeah, like Lost Box doesn't have like a great attacker, especially the Zard version, which I think is like picking up uh, in popularity against control. Like if you don't take any prizes, they're like best attacker does 120 damage. Mm. Um, so like, you know, like there, there's all these like glaring weaknesses for decks that you know there's there's cards that answer, but um, so it's interesting. But I yeah I do think I want to play something like super streamlined uh, and like in general I think that will help me more than hinder my deck building. Even if I miss like some box idea, I'll generally play, play better decks more consistently. Better decks, they're better. Uh, so, so Mike, Britt, you guys are not going to Milwaukee, right? Caden, you're not going to, uh, wait, so Caden, how close to, how close to an invite are you? 
I'm currently sitting at, I think, 235. So right now I'm basically, I and I don't have one placement at a challenge yet. So I win a challenge and then I need top 128 at NAIC. And then depending on how I do at Fresno, I'm looking to try to get that down to, to needing 256 or maybe 512 gotcha. Gotcha. instead. Yeah. And and did your brother pick up his invite this weekend? Not quite yet. Uh, my brother's close. He no, picked up a close. second place at a cup mm. this weekend. Um, but it's probably also going to come down to NAIC. Like, like many, many people this year, it's going to come down to NAIC. Yeah. Oh, you know, uh, uh, Walker has said he's going to try to win NAIC so he can get his <laughs> invite. He says, it "All right, Walker's going to be there. Uh, that's going to be exciting." I I hope he does. That would be that would be fantastic. We'll have to get him on the pod in that case. I think he only needs a second actually to get an invite. <laughs> <laughs> he says seniors seem bad, so it should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say on the note of seniors, um, props to them for recognizing that Fusion Meal was the move. Justin Newdorf got second with it. Um, you know, and like uh, predicting the meta, going with Fusion Meal, which is, um, you know, uh, I guess an insane meta read with a deck that wasn't really being considered prior to Hartford. Um, that's a good call. So so somebody explain to me the Fusion Meal thing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's basically, it's, Better against Lugia and it's better against Guardi because both Guardi and Lugia re- revolve around like taking, taking, um, for Guardi, it's taking two prizes on a key turn, for Lugia, it's taking three, right? So after that first knockout on a VMAX, um, I mean, you, you can use, uh, what is it, a psychic lead to try and play around it. Lugia, that's a little bit more difficult. Guardi, it's a little bit more realistic, but Guardi can also kind of force the VMAX um, uh, by hitting with the Guardi EX. Uh, regardless, um, after you take that first VMAX, Lugia usually goes down to three prizes, Guardi goes down to two. And then what, what Fusion Mew has available that, um, what Fusion Mew has available that DC Mew doesn't is at that moment, they can send up a one prizer that's capable of taking a knockout and Roxanne Path. Um, I don't, I don't know if other lists were playing Roxanne Path, but that's what happened to me when Mike Newey did it, uh, game <laughs> two. And I'm, you, you have to hit, uh, boss stadium bump when you're playing Guardi, um, and boss when you're playing Lugia, which is uh, right. without an engine, and for Guardi, uh, especially near the end game, both of those are like super difficult. Um, so yeah, it it basically gets an extra resource that way, um, which swings both the the Lugia and the Guardi matchups. It's um, and you you also get like a little bit of extra aggression, I think, which both helps the Lost Box matchup and um, and Guardi a little bit uh, because you can hit the turn one attack going second. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, turn, turn one Meloetta on Lost Box. I'm sure they're just like, oh, man, I have to, like, take more also prizes. you're also playing the path, too, I think that matchup, uh, it, it also helps bump the Arceus matchup because, like, if you just, like, load Fusion Energy onto your Muse and you're playing a path, like, they can't stop you from just, like, rolling through their board with Meloetta. Um, so, like, yeah, I... Well positioned deck for this tournament. Um, definitely, like you know, you, you are playing a bunch of fusions and alessas, so that's kind of ugly. But yeah, that, I'm like, I'm like, man, I have to be so good. You put the bad cards in. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seemed really good against Arceus, right? Like yeah. that was that was the reason Arceus had to play all that dark stuff last year just to beat Mew, and now. It's not playing those things. So <laughs> uh, definitely seemed really good into Arceus. Uh, both Rowan and the guy that won Malmo did play Roxanne and at least one path. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've thought it was, I don't think I've talked about it too much, but it's like, it's a very slept on deck. I feel like, like it doesn't seem great. Like, I, I don't think you can argue it past like, tier two or something like that but it's just like no one plays it but like the arguments for, there aren't really salient arguments for why it wouldn't be good it's just like is it you know inferior to or at least consistency wise inferior to 
the double turbo version like yeah generally but people played weird jank in the double tur turbo version all the time too like take the mahone and flying pikachu at a couple tournaments here and there so it's just like the power of mew it just like doesn't matter you know it's just so consistent and just kind of the inherent engine that you can play some bad cards and still just cram through them and draw through them and things like that and i think you know just the most obvious thing too is just like outside of these scenarios that we've talked about it's just like it gives mew a game you know, it puts Mew in games when they go second. And so often Mew just like, it's just struggles in a lot of matchups when it can't start attacking, um, you know, before its opponent. And this just like, you know, you don't always necessarily need the promised land of the Meloetta, but having that option there is very good. And in some games, it's it's just a checkmate, you know, in certain matchups, having that turn one Meloetta knockout is just, it just wins you the game outright. Um, so it is strange, I think, or just like the the co very coincidental that they won both tournaments this weekend. I don't feel like it really becomes a better or worse deck going forward. I feel like it will, as I sort of expressed at the beginning of this, I think it will retain that position. Like, I, I don't feel like decks really need to adjust. It's just be an, a matchup they'll be more aware of. I don't feel like decks are going to make changes, especially like take Lugia or something like that, where like, it's a 59, 58 card list, you know, for the most part right now. And like, a, you know, I don't think that needs to change or anything, even if this matchup is, you know, different or worse than the other Mew and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's, it's a deck, just not enough people have played it until now. Like, it's just always getting placings too. I think there was one in top 16 or top 32 of, of Oceania. Um, which was that player I, I just remember really liking his list and he was just he was a Yu-Gi-Oh player or something who has only played a couple of Pokemon tournaments and he had only played Fusion Strike and he's, his, his report is just like I think this is still good I'm the only one who plays it for some reason and just like was a, not a Pokemon player but a card game player who did well with it and I just like after losing that one tournament I played into just like a starter deck version of it I'm just like it's fine it's clearly capable like I don't know. Having these other attackers seems interesting to me, at least as like a novel point of why I would play one over the other. Like Deoxys and Meloetta just sounds like more fun, more more lines and things like that. You know, with psychic leaps and just being a little bit bit a little bit different in like the options that Mew has. Um, is it better or worse? Like I still think the DT version is probably better overall, but like I don't know. There's just merits to both now, I suppose. Yeah. All right, guys. So if you were going to Milwaukee, what's the play? I, don't I know. feel like I feel like I would go. I personally would play. And this is largely because I just don't like playing Lost Box. I would I'm not, never going to play that deck. I would <laughs> probably go Lugia or Mew. Um, one of the two. I think Guardi's really strong, but I think it's. I don't know. I don't even know. Um, I just really like how sort of like what Liam was saying, especially especially Mew is very streamlined. Um, that's sort of what makes it so appealing for me. And I think Lugia is just a really strong deck. And it's I mean, it's proven itself. So. so. Yeah, I think I would go Lugia or Mew. Not sure if I'd go Fusion or DTE, but. I really I'm I'm interested in the Forest Sealstone Gardevoir. Um, I haven't played too many games with that version, but we saw Tord got top 16 in Malmo with it. The Schultz brothers both played presumably the same list. The highest placing Gardevoir in Hartford um, was only top 32, but it also ran Forest Sealstone over the Sky Sealstone. And there was the Forest Sealstone uh, version that got top four at the Brazilian regionals um, the same weekend as Portland a couple of weeks ago. So that's kind of what I would be interested in testing i don't know if that's what i would end up on but seems not bad um the guy that did get top 32 only played against two lost box it seems there's a couple unknown decks that he played against but he only played against two lost box but they were both very good players he beat azul and lost to john ang so uh, maybe worth looking into brit how about you I would still be on an Arceus deck. I like, I just, I don't really like, there's something about the, the Arc Dura Umbreon lists. That I, I just don't like them for some reason. They just like, they just, they commit to, they commit to certain cards that just like, I don't, like, I don't understand why that doesn't play Bibberal and things like that. Like there's just some like consistency decisions that something about that 
mashup is just off-putting to me. Like, I just feel like the lists should be much better than they are. And I mean, maybe I'm just being nitpicky. It's not like they're not getting results and things like that. But I just, I feel like Arc Umbreon something could be a much better list. But anyways, I think I would I would play try to look into that or just like Giratina still. I feel like just after this weekend that like Mew is just like going to creep up a little bit in popularity and like uh, as well as a, a decent percentage, not a lot, two, three, something like that, maybe of, of Fusion Strike copycats, people that didn't play F Fusion Strike before that are going to give it a chance now. And hearing both of those things, assuming they're true, or at least possibly true, like Evatol sounds really good to me. Like, you, you know, you, you get a Mew matchup where Evatol is suddenly much better. Evatol is very strong against Lugia. And Evatol is, it's, it, you, you can win, it's fine against the DTE Mew if they're, um, not careful with their D, D, uh, DTs if they don't know you play it. A lot of times, you know, just to draw more cards, you, you've lost vacuum, you discard one to two energy of your four energy very consistently. So I feel like you could maybe steal a game there. That's that's where my head is right now. I, I would try to find an Arceus deck that could successfully play uh, Celebrations Evatol. And I don't, you know, I guess it's any of them. Just play one of that in, in like double turbo. But like, that sounds really good to me. Um, with Duraldon or with Umbreon or something like that, like that just probably with Umbreon, you, you keep Umbreon for uh, Gardevoir and just kind of do the other things. But but this sounds good on, on paper to me. I don't know what I'm missing, but I like where I've gone with that. That that was the list on the floor, Mike. It was Arceus, <laughs> Umbreon, Evil Tolls. I, I could send you my version. It's got like way more control pieces because it's also it's doing like some other weird stuff for Lost, um, but. Yeah, it's got Arceus, Umbrian, Evil Tom. <laughs> look, so, look at me go. Right. Um, uh, my play for Milwaukee would be probably Guardi again. <laughs> I think Guardi would be good. Would you, would you change any cards? I would. Um, I, I'd play the second Arcana Guardi um, and, the, and the Forest Hill stuff. I, I like all those changes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Guardi's just good. I think there's definitely a scenario where Gardevoir isn't respected enough and it, it creeps it creeps back up to the top just depending on like other shifts like say Gudra comes back again you know that's just a, that's a matchup that I think is just generally very good for Gardevoir and can clean up you know these other matchups depending on um, you know where they come out like I don't think uh, this is just sort of a bad example because I don't think Gudra is going to be well positioned for Milwaukee at all um, but just like as an example of like a fringe deck that can handle these other decks, but would like lose to Gardevoir, for example. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like Gardevoir is sort of like, other than Tort, I don't feel like very many top players are are, are high on it anymore. Um, and I still think it's a very, very, very strong deck um, that, it, you know, even though it didn't necessarily succeed this last weekend, um, I don't think that means it can't top eight this coming weekend or next weekend. So I recognize most of the reason that people kind of say they're down on Gardevoir is bad Lost Box matchup. I mean, you literally played Azul. Uh, how did you feel about the matchup afterwards? I, I thought it was fine. Um, <laughs> in the game, I hit Candy turn two, and I was going first. I was like, wow, I can beat him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's right. Even even if we accept the data and you know take it as an unfavorable, it's not that unfavorable. The good starts are are, are very strong and difficult for Lost Box to handle. And if you if you sit there with a bunch of curly is out, yeah, you're gonna get bodied up. But like you have to just like if you understand how to play the matchup, there's probably things you can do, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the Forest Seal Stone uh in theory would enable the turn two Gardevoir much more consistently. And so Seems yeah, quite good there. I agree with that. And then, yeah, uh, I, th I think Guardi's just like really good at everything else. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the knock on Guardi is here, you're going to lose the Lost Box, and Lost Box is a giant part of the meta. And like, that's super bad. That's super bad. But if you were like, I played somebody who's, I think people would say is very good Lost Box player, and like, it was okay, it makes it sound okay. Uh, guys, I don't have a good would you rather question for this week, but but I, I did want to round the horn on the end of our last pod. I don't know if you guys got feedback. Uh, I don't know if you got any feedback at Hartford, Mike. I think I had more anecdotal comments made to me over the last week about how much people loved our discussion of moral relativism. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
I mean, may, maybe it's just like my bad sample size, but like people loved it. <laughs> I don't know if you had heard that, Britt, but I thought you should. I mean, I think I'm partially responsible. I just can't imagine sort of surprise. I assume people hate to hear that when I talk about that stuff. No, people loved it. People ate it up. I have, I guess, a question. It won't be quite as like around the horn, but something I've just really been thinking about really observing is I, I feel like we are at, at the point in in within just like the rules of the game where we need we need official des- we need an official officially designated position for like ability used because I was you know, watching the the only the only the only game of I caught on stream was the finals. But anyways even even just in the finals like uh you full tap like full horizontal like tapping a land in magic when he when he was activating his genesex and like the table judges were fine with that and that just like it's so confusing. Like, I feel like we just we need a rule or something that we've, it's just interesting to see how the game has come. Like everyone has the TCG evolution sort of markers and things like that. Whereas like, I don't know, back in the day, you like played all once and that was kind of it. Or like the right. abilities were more limited to like Gardevoir, Telepath, like you could only use once and things like that. But it just kind of feels strange and jarring to see all these just like turned cards. Like I, I like the counters. The counters work fine. But like it's not obviously not in the rules and gets into sort of confusion when you're doing it in the active position where of course, you know, that's signifying status conditions and things like that. But I feel like we're at where we've got to the point where we need something. It just, I, w- I was just very taken aback by seeing a, a fully a, a tapped land genesect on the board and just like everyone being like, yep, that's normal. That's how the game is played. This is what it looks like. I don't know if maybe this just doesn't make sense, but it felt weird to me. I mean, my my vote is I think they should have either uh, a sleep or paralyze be transferred to a, a marker like burn or poison, yeah, and yeah. then just have a designated side. You flip your cards for ability used. That's mm-hmm. how I would do it if they wanted to make a like sort of concrete way of rotating because, cards. Because I feel like you the... need something because it's it's too hard to maintain the game state. And if we're if we're having to go third party, you know, with these with these counters and things like that. Um, it's just like it's just just building a rule. Yeah, and your your solution I think would work perfectly for sure. Especially too, because like I I only the only one I consistently remember is confusion. I, I can never sort of quite remember which is which. Like if you held a gun to my head and told me like <laughs> tell me which one which one is paralysis right now, it's like I might be dead. Like I I, I don't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. But there's a rule, Liam. You know the rule. What's the rule? I think it's alphabetical. The one I always remember is. If you write the alphabet out from like left, right, top to bottom, A is on the left side and P is on the right side. Hmm. <laughs> I, so asleep and then paralyzed. Yeah. Okay. Everybody writes it the same way for some reason, but you know, like wait, asleep is left. Yeah. I thought it was. Right. Oh, I've been doing that wrong every. <laughs> That's what I mean. We past five Nobody years. Knows. <laughs> <laughs> maybe knows. Knows. this is a mystery. Maybe his. Maybe it's actually exactly that but it's not asleep it's sleep and s comes after p who knows it could be anything i uh, i actually really like that idea uh as you guys know i basically only play ptcgl at this point but i'm like a ptcgl grinder it's the craziest thing i would never have uh, thought that i would be this person and two conclusions that i've come to is one i think to your point if they had ability markers it would make that game so much clearer like the whole, like, it's glowing if you can do something. That's like, that's A, it's a cue that exists outside of the game. B, it could be confusing for players. Because, like, sometimes people play Path and then your things aren't glowing. And you're like, you're like, why are they not glowing? And, like, I mean, that, you know, you like you, at some level you could say you have to really be a total noob to have that happen. But, like, it's also, like, it's weird that they don't give you these contextual cues, right? If If you play a Switch and you're playing Lost Box, and you have, like, a Comfy on the bench that you've already used the ability, once you play the Switch, you can't see which Comfy has used its ability, which Comfy hasn't. That's like, uh, 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 I mean, maybe that's weird. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But, like, it seems yeah, to me like a design I, I lost a game to that the other day. Um, right. I like you can, you, well, you can see it on, on PTCG Live. You guys don't know how? How? But, like, the, the red ability, like, Glow or like, like it's like red when you pull it up, right? Is that what you're referencing? So if you have used the ability, there is a red down arrow that appears. And if you have not used the ability, there 
is that still showing when you play the switch card? Maybe I, maybe it is, and I just haven't noticed. I believe so. I mean, it could be it could be inconsistent. I am not. Uh, I would not be surprised at all. The thing that is definitely inconsistent is like sometimes a card will glow if you can use its ability, and sometimes it does right. not. And even the same card, like Radiant Greninja, like sometimes it's glowing and sometimes it's not. But I do think that the arrow, from what I remember, is consistent in when you have already used it. But I have still made that mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, and I've also really come to the conclusion that the PTCGL people should just abandon the attempt to make playing the game like playing the physical card game. And they need to like make every shortcut to make playing games faster. It just takes too long. It's not like mid-core enough. If they want to grow like the number of people playing the, the card game with PTCGL, you got to make playing games faster. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, all, all the like flipping a coin and all that stuff, you just get rid of it all say, go first, go. <laughs> we're done. I mean, you literally cut like a minute off of the gameplay if you were just like, you're going first, go. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's that's a good point. Like, there's not, there's almost no downside to doing that. Yeah. Uh, there's some deck, like, there's some matchups I will say where like, um, both players are happy going first or going second, especially going in blind. Like, put the option in for friend games, right? But not ladder games. Just something like that. Well, well, like, no, or are you gonna skip the flipping a coin and let someone pick? The the, the point. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. That would work too. Yeah, yeah. Right. That, that, that would work. Right, right. But yeah, like if you're if you're lost versus Lugia and like I mean I lost. But on ladder you don't know. You're just playing on the ladder. You're just playing on the ladder. No, but like if if lost is like, oh, I want to go second or something. Right. And Lugia is like, I want to go first, then when the game just like Yeah, so I so I'll just get rid of flipping the coin and let you know let one of them pick. Yeah, that would work. Right. I mean I, I shaved I, I shaved I, like 30 seconds off the oh, thing. Like, who has to call it? And then you have to watch it flip. It's insane. It's completely insane. Every time I, I, a little piece of me dies. <laughs> All right, guys. We've been going for a while. Let's uh, uh, let's declare victory. When we come back next week, we'll find out how many decks Liam has gone through in his attempt to find a deck to play for Milwaukee and whether or not Mike's ready to just throw in the towel and go to Milwaukee. <laughs> Top 16. That's all it takes. So easy. Ryan, do you get a cheap flight to Chicago? Someone will drive you. So there's probably some affordable options on the table. I mean, it's not even like that. Exp- it's not that expensive even just to fly to Milwaukee, but I'm supposed to be running my cup that weekend as well. So I'd have to move that. That seems like a hassle. Oh my God. I totally forgot. You have, you have your league challenge on Wednesday. I am running a league challenge on Wednesday. People, Philadelphia league challenge on Wednesday. Yeah, actually, no, don't don't come. I don't need that many people in my first tournament. <laughs> no, no, I, Liam and I were thinking about coming. <laughs> that is that uh, that is definitely the thing to do, people. How how many RSVPs are you up to now? Like three, but I think I'll have a. Uh, I'll probably have about ten people. Would be my guess. All right, make it twelve. Make it twelve. Make it yeah. eleven. I'll I'll help you uh, run it. I won't. I won't let compete. That'd be it. <laughs> uh, um. Anything else going on, guys? No, not really. Mike, congratulations. That's a, that's a nice run. Yeah, it was solid. It was super solid. Super solid. We Top 64, we take those. Yeah. Uh, 1,300 people, something like that? 1,100, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Good times. League Challenge. On, so, so next week, we'll find out how running League Challenge goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. All right. See you guys. Uh, that's it, guys. Good. Okay.